The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast brought to you by SJP World Media. My name is Sai, and joining me as always is my partner in time, Mr. Benny Mac. Benny, it's been a little while. It's been more than a little while, to be honest. <laughs> doing our own things and everything, but yeah, we're, we're doing it. We might get to uh, finish the whole lot of Quantum Leap before maybe season two of the new one comes out, I guess. I don't know how that one's doing, to be honest. I've not watched it, but... We're getting there, and we're on SJP World Media, so it's all good. There we go. There we go. Yes, indeed. Our last episode, funnily enough, our last episode came out mid-October, and Sam, in the episode we're covering today, it has leapt into mid-October 1967, and I've only literally, as we're sat here looking at my screen now, <laughs> just realised that, so that's quite funny. But according to IMDb, it aired in January, so, you know, it all adds up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There, oh, yeah, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> that's so strange oh why yeah we're gonna try and get as, these done as, as often as possible we're gonna we're gonna record as many as we can in the bank so if we do end up missing recordings for whatever reason we've got some saved up hopefully we'll be back into a regular schedule again uh for your listening but yes covering today we are looking at season two episode 12 the episode is entitled animal frat and we have sam leaping into the 19th of october 1967 and he's basically a boozy, womanizing college student, um, belongs to a frat house, a paternity, and he has the mission of stopping somebody dying in a, a bombing protesting the Vietnam War. Uh, as, as Benny mentioned, it first aired in January, the 3rd of January, 1990. Uh, and get this, Benny, 15.6 million homes tuned into this. Well... I don't know about you, how you watched it, but on mine, we had the uh, the the trailer of Kamikaze Kid at the end, so I'm wondering if, they, if they've done that thing where they've shoved Kamikaze Kid in again somewhere, where they aired it on TV, and even yes. you know that's a season one um, season one episode, so I was like, what? oh, wait a minute, I'm like, have I chose the wrong episode? <laughs> no, 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 that's right, it was a, um, this episode uh, was broadcast, as, as we said, on the 3rd of January, 1990, so the previous week would have been right in the middle of the holiday season. Obviously, Christmas, New Year's, and so on. Yes, so yeah. they they cut in Kamikaze Kid and just showed a rerun of that, knowing that the TV ratings were going to be affected. So they just reran that, put the 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 leap in and out around that episode, and then on the third of January, nineteen ninety, they just carried on with season two. Where and you can tell, looking at the ratings, I mean, as I said, fifteen point six million homes. That's not people. That's the homes tuned in yes, to yeah. this to this show the previous week was millions and millions dying on that so it shows that the, the idea to do this was you know was justified i think makes sense then i guess where are you looking at your uh, dates then because uh, it says aired january where i'm looking but it says january 21st so they did, did they do another rerun of this or was it not what oh, year? P- potentially yeah. potentially i mean I, I i go to a couple of different websites to sort of double check what i'm looking at but yeah i mean um air date I, i've got the u.s air date so potentially yeah, okay. what you know that could be different to the UK potentially, I guess. But yeah, that's when it first aired in the states. So maybe I'm looking at the U- uh, the UK uh, date there. Maybe that's a fair shout. I didn't think of that to be honest. So maybe because I said January, luckily, and it did air in January. But according to this, 21st of January. So maybe that is the UK. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's worth looking into. Uh, I've got the DVDs as well. You mentioned you saw it on the DVDs. We are greeted with a fantastic song at the beginning the louis louis song that was removed <laughs> that was removed from lots of reruns though benny because obviously they don't want to pay the licensing for it today yeah the version i saw um it was on there yeah there was mm. a, a few uh, um cool tracks uh pop up in this to be fair um obviously it is 60s so you know there are some good tracks in there like you said louis louis i haven't heard it for a while so as soon as it came on i was like sort of bopping in my head was going and obviously uh, another one that makes an appearance in this um episode is obviously his nickname's wild thing and then we actually have the song wild thing as well so um yes classic tr- uh, tunes there that i haven't heard for a while yeah it, it's good as well because i mean obviously like you said when, when i've seen it on streaming services or on 
uh, cable TV or whatever it may well be showing certain reruns. Certain reruns don't have the th- this music in it for no. licensing reasons, as we mentioned. So I think when you watch it on the DVD or you watch it on a version that does have the original music on the show, I think it really helps set the tone for the time frame that Sam has leapt into. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I mean, I obviously I wasn't born in the sixties, obviously, but uh, like you said, it gives you that. It brings you, <clears throat> pardon me, it brings you into the the uh, time period that you're in, as you, you already said. But um, it, it, it's good. Uh, but like going back to what you said about the the DVDs, I know Universal, and and this is Scott Bakula's words, not mine. So I watched him in an interview back in 2016, but they cheaped out on the music when it came to the DVDs. They didn't actually, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, they didn't actually, they didn't want to pay for it to be as it aired. So certain songs do not appear. And it's weird sometimes because the way they try and edit it in, it doesn't sound right either. So I don't know. Okay. So, you know, um, you get it. Actually, I'll mention another show very quickly is Only Fools and Horses. In the very last, an original last episode, I remember watching that on, like my uh, my uh, I think my parents taped it because they were into it, obviously, and I watched it years later when I was old enough. But um, the song that appeared in that version, it, even though it's the same lyrics and everything, it's like been redone for the on the on the I think on another on another streaming service. So they do that sometimes. I mean, you know, we're very much wrestler wrestling fans. We see it on the WWE Network all the time. Because obviously they pay for the the music for that moment in time, but when if you're going to use it again after this, all licensing and royalties, and <laughs> sometimes it's just cheaper to get a song elsewhere. Obviously, but it, I think it takes away from the shows, especially if you've watched them as they aired. You know. Yeah, yeah. A big one for me is you mentioned there that the wrestling aspect. A big one for me is anything Hogan in the early 2000s of WWE when he comes back oh, yeah. and he, he uses Hendrix and stuff like that and the crowd effects uh, are ruined at WrestleMania 18 and some of the Raws and Smackdowns that follow that you don't get the proper crowd response because they have to dub his music and it's, it's a real shame I think it's weird how you can tell when crowd noise especially is can you know it's weird how you can pick up on that because it doesn't sound natural I guess mm. it doesn't fit what's going on on screen and unfortunately it takes you out of the the moment i guess mm, yeah yeah you're right you're right uh here we have sam leaping into uh newt or wild thing as his nickname is that benny explained and we're in the middle of a big party he gets a keg to the face which is quite humorous yeah um <laughs> and then we first meet scooter who is a pledge to the um to the, the frat house of eternity and he has a couple of lobsters in his hand, Benny. <laughs> Which is very random. Um, but then it also on that um, that hat. Did you mention the hot dog on the hat as well? It's just like, what the hell's <laughs> going on? What's going on with it? It's like one of those sailor hats with a piece of wire sticking out the top with a hot dog in almost like the smiling position, which is random as hell. I mean, we don't really have like fraternities over here, do we? So, I mean, I'm aware of them, but I'm it, <laughs> the shit they get up to is... Um, is is weird, man. But uh, the other bit before that, very quickly, is one of my favourite moments in it. And the show's barely started, as you said. Um, and that guy starts talking to Sam, aka Newt, and he's like, blah 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 blah, and just hurls all over him. <laughs> you hear the, the the effect they put in is like someone tipping a glass of water onto solid concrete or a slab, and it happens three times. And he sort of goes, "Yep, yeah, cheers," and he walks off. And Sam just stood there like. What the fuck? <laughs> throwing up on him. It did get me actually, to be honest. I was laughing at that. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. And it kind of sets the scene already for the person that he has leapt into. The individual he he has arrived to sort of embody, I guess, on his mission in the past. And it's Newt Wild Thing Wilton, I think it's the guy's surname. And as we said, he is a big partier. He's the president of this frat house. He is renowned for his shenanigans. And Al later on in the episode mentions that he's doing an art degree, which is a get around so he can play football. And he spends many, many years before he can actually try and pass this thing. He has to redo the, redo the years at college over and over again. So you kind of get the idea. He's a typical kind of meathead jock, isn't he? If you go on a stereotype, Benny. Yeah, I mean, the ir- the irony of that as well, this show is obviously Walker Marlin in someone else's shoes, but w- within moments of this starting, 
the party is, if you, or if you've already, which you've already said, sorry, um, you're already kind of judging this guy before you've even, um, <laughs> obviously we never hear them talk because it's Sam, but we're already judging these people around. Oh my God, look at all these people like getting mashed and, like you said, he's doing a college course, so like arts, just to get around so he can play. I'm assuming it's like some sort of scholarship or something that he can, so he can play football. Um, not that we see any football in the episode, but he's clearly a football player. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, the irony of this as well, as I was, because yeah, I like to look up the actors and stuff. Um, um, his name's Jeff Benson, the guy who actually, who we only see, I think, maybe once in the mirror. Um, I've never seen him in anything else before, but the one thing I did find funny. Uh, so in when this episode come out in 1990, so a year later, he was in a film. I think it's a film, The Taking of Beverly Hills. It's called. Never seen it. Don't know what it's about. But he plays a football player, so he's very oh, okay. st- stereotype big guy. Um, and then one episode, something else. It's a TV series, Tequila and Bonnet, Bonetti. I think Tequila and Bonetti. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. His character was called Large Young Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last one he was in something called Midnight Sting it looks like a film again I have no idea um, but his character was called Tank Miller so <laughs> it's very much Why? Um, is it Newt or Nuts as well because I'm confused by the name on here or what they, they, they call him Newt don't they oh I do mean, they yeah oh. they, uh, especially the character of uh, Elizabeth isn't it she refers to him as Newt Yes, yeah. So, so I found yeah. that quite funny that he was either a large young man or a football player or tank. <laughs> <laughs> large young man. Love it. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the other side of this, I suppose, is the, the Vietnam War, which is going on yes, at this portion in time. And we have a group of students who are protesting the war, doing what they think is right. And one of those students is a young lady called Elizabeth, who I suppose is the other main character in this tale. And the basic gist of the situation is a bomb is going to be placed in the, uh, it's like the science lab, isn't it? The biology or chemistry or whatever it may well be, the science section of the... Yeah, so like the science department. So the whole, that whole section would be science. So they might be doing chemistry or physics or whatever it's just a, it's a science building it's probably mm. the best yes um, they're going to place a bomb there to um you know blow this up in protest of the vietnam war because their particular college university or whatever uh, is doing research and funding for certain weapons that are being provided to you know the, the vietnam war uh, on some level now this is a, a common thing that happened in the 60s and, and, and that sort of time for various different conflicts, the 60s and 70s and so on, in Vietnam especially, because they had these people who were incredibly well qualified working as lecturers or tutors or whatever, and they would do certain things to you know help the war effort or they would do certain things to you know experiment on, on making weapons and, and so on. Or yeah. even they would they would be making money via various means as these colleges do and helping fund money towards certain politicians which um, would then help the the war the war yeah. cause money yeah some of the some as far as i'm aware i don't know whether all of them are but i mean a lot of these colleges or unis where we call them unis but you know college whatever um a lot of them i i'm under the impression um that they would need funding and a lot of it they do so like in california at caltech they do um research for science whether it be you know physics or whatever you know uh, dark matter and all that kind of stuff but in order to keep these places going yes they have tuition fees from students that go there but mm-hmm. the, then you have people that work there primarily just doing research and then you get the donations and stuff for people to you know they come up with different inventions or whatever and all that kind of stuff so this this school or this university i guess um college sorry would be i think very much like that based on what's being said in the episode okay uh, so a lot of these science teachers were probably researchers at some point, whether they've done private sector or not, I don't know. But like they then get to a point in their career where they know a lot about their field. So then they they can become professors at these universities or colleges to teach the next generation, I guess. Um, so mm. the fact that uh, a college or a uni, sorry, would be funding or doing research for maybe I don't know, bombs or aircraft or weapons or whatever they could be, you know, whatever they could be doing 
to... It could even just be something as simple as research, couldn't it? Of course, yeah. So and they could be supporting the war effort or whatever, which, you know, to a degree. Um, so, yeah, a lot of these people would have been maybe researchers, professor, not professors, or, you know, whatever. They may have worked in the private sector and figured out how to make a, the napalm bomb for all I know. I don't know. Um, but mm. these things are made somewhere. So <clears throat> a lot of it, like you said, is research. So mm. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and the basic gist of, of what we're told by Al quite early on, his purpose of being there is a bomb is going to be planted, as, as Benny explained in the science area, the, the lab. It's supposed to be empty, but there is a student who dies because that student has snuck back in to Al says, in theory, complete an assignment. So this is what they've got to try and avoid. And because of that, Elizabeth, the young lady who's um, very anti-war, part of the, the protesting group at the college, at the university, uh, her life is effectively ruined because of this. She is on the run for the rest of her life, um, can't settle down or anything like that. She's been a- actively seeked out by the mi- by the military police and, and so on. And I suppose other people involved were also affected. Um, I'm assuming a guy, the guy called Duck, who's another character, Benny, who's involved with the protesters as well. He would have been somehow incorporated into that also. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll speak about Duck now then, I guess, seeing as I just brought him up. Duck is the guy who I suppose is he's the head of the protesters. He's the guy who kind of leads the little group because it is quite a small group, isn't it, they have there? There's about, what, I want to say 16 to 20 at most. And even then, I think it's probably more like 15, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Um, you know, it might be a few more here and there. Um, but he's very much got that, like, uppity... I know I'm right and everything I say comes out of my mouth is gold type attitude, you know, mm. um, thinks he's bloody, I don't know, some sort of philosopher or some politician. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, he's very, st- well, when we first see him, he's wearing a fucking beret, which is like, unless you're a bloody artist or French, you shouldn't be fucking wearing it. So <laughs> that's a real, that's a real stereotype. I think for, for that kind of time, and that yeah, kind of mindset. Stereotyp- stereotypical comment that I just made, so I apologise if I offended anybody. But well, no, as soon as you I, see him, he's wearing a picture. At, um, <laughs> do, you remember the, the, do you remember the show Citizen Smith, I think it was called? Uh, I know of it. I've never watched it because I think it was a tad, just a tad before my time, to be honest. Yeah, with, um, I, I think the actor's name is, is it Robert Lindsay, Robert who was in uh, yeah. My Family? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Power to the People and all that sort of stuff. And he was all, he was in a protesting group, I, I suppose, similar sort of time setting to when this was this but, was made. And he was well, not when this was made, sorry, when this was set. And yeah. he wore a beret as well, didn't he? But the way he wears it, he's wearing it like he's a military man, whereas Duck is wearing it like he's about to paint on a canvas. <laughs> mm. he's, also, he's also got a waistcoat on over his shirt and he's always wearing like a bead necklace. Yes, bead or, necklace. Or, yeah, he's just a pompous twat, mate. He is, yes. Yeah, and it, it's. I think that's probably the point. As soon as you meet this guy, not just pompous as well, clearly, not that it's really alluded to too much in the show, but I feel very jealous of the fact that Newt wants to spend time with Elizabeth will talk to Elizabeth. So anybody that talks to Elizabeth, he gets his backup like mm. straight away, like within seconds. So um, the fact he's called Duck is not really a good name, is it? A bit of a no. dick, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, the other guy's called Newt. So... <laughs> so... Yeah, but Sam, so I can look past that. It's fine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> they call him Wild Thing most of the time, so I'm, I'm all right with it. <laughs> This is true. This is true. <laughs> the, just, um, Duck just looks down on everybody because he thinks he is very much like, I know everything. I know I'm right. Mm. Uh, and, and then even if you're going to challenge my, my comments towards this subject, you're wrong. And I will just basically condescend and then maybe even, um, I think he even starts calling, he assumes that uh, uh, Newt is like thick, basically. He basically implies that to him straight away. Um, and then even, even, um, Elizabeth's character, played by uh, Stacey Edwards, is literally like thinks because again we've had this. We've already said at the top of the show because they're in a frat house drinking and having fun. We've all, even we've assumed watching it size viewers. Oh my god, these guys are just drunkards and just high all the time. <laughs> Which yeah. could be true. So and that's what exactly what they're doing. So yeah, there they are. There's a lot of stereotyping going on, isn't there? But with um with the little protest group they have. Elizabeth is very committed to the cause and 
I feel though that she's also quite easy to manipulate at times. If she she's almost she's very strong willed. I feel she knows what she wants, but she's kind of got this adoration for the duck character. There's this pompous twat in the beret, and <laughs> I think she hangs on his every word early on, before Sam as Newt starts to challenge Duck with some of his beliefs upon the war, and also point out faults in the way he's going about things because. Duck it turns down Newt's help quite early on. This is very early on in the episode. Sam has gone up to where they're they're pro, you know, they're doing their little, their little demonstration at the front of the the school or college with their little tables and so on. And Sam is saying that, you know, let me join up, let me help. Now in his mind, that's so he can get close to Elizabeth to try and stop this this disaster, this this tragedy happening with the bomb and the young a young child die, a young college student dying. But to Duck, he's offering his help with regards to the protest. Now he turns him down point blank. Cause he's like, we don't want you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sam obviously then points out, well, surely you want anyone just to get this protest noticed. So he really contradicts himself. I feel duck because he's, he's stereotyping, uh, newt, Sam as newt doesn't want him involved, but I also think he can see that, there's a little bit of chemistry there between Elizabeth and Newt, and yeah. I don't think Duck likes that many. Yeah, straight away, like I mean, I said it earlier, a lot of it is driven. I think a lot of what Duck does is driven by what he doesn't like being challenged because he thinks he's he's a fucking know-all, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he might have, not that it's alluded to overly, but you can tell that he's kind of got a thing for uh, Elizabeth, but and doesn't like the fact that this big hulking football player is now interested in Elizabeth. And even like you said, Elizabeth kind of assumes that he doesn't know stuff and he's just a partier and gets drunk and vomits every weekend or whatever, but, or every day, whatever. But, um, yeah, again, duck, I just, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> he's, he's the kind of person you just want to smack in the knife, isn't he? He is a little bit. And obviously, it's, um, Stace, uh, Elizabeth, sorry's, uh, which played by Stacey, sorry, is, um, basically once he, it always seems like Sam gets like a, Oh, she's starting to trust me. But then he starts getting into, he's in, in the first instance, not so much. He's not involved. He just happens to be there when the lads are launching water balloons out the window. Yes. Um, and then of course he looks out the window to see what's going on. Then they just assume it's, it's Sam, which is obviously what leads to the conversation that we just talked about. But, um, that guy getting hit on the lawnmower with a war balloon, I'm not going to lie. I laughed my ass off. Yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> It's just college uh, lads being college lads, really, and having fun. And yeah, all right, maybe they go a bit too far with certain pranks and stuff. But I, I, I get the feeling that this is part of the college experience. Maybe back even more back then in the sixties. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, eventually Sam he convinces people to let him help with with certain aspects of the protest or, or what they're doing anyway. And Duck basically says, "You're deceptively clever." I didn't give you credit for how clever you actually are. I just assumed by looking at you that you're a dumbass, effectively. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, okay, that's fair enough. He's he's opening his eyes a little bit. He's kind of half apologising, but then he he follows this up by saying, "People who are deceptively clever clever need to be watched." Yeah, he's kind of eyeballs him, and it's like, I'll give your head a wobble, mate. He's just a knobhead, this guy. (laughs) He just, again, I think, like you said, he doesn't like being challenged, and you know, he's got a thing for Elizabeth in. But because he ends the convo, I think, with pretty much saying, I'm going to make sure you don't get anywhere nearer. Why? You're not a boyfriend. You're not, mm. you know, what's going on? So um, <laughs> he's probably been working his angle for the last three months trying to get in there and he hadn't managed. And now somebody else is coming in. <laughs> but yeah, he's very much pompous, freaking know-it-all, basically. Um, which we've said too many yes. times. But, you know, yes. he is. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, the whole gist of this episode, then, before we sort of get into kind of more of what happens and like, but just by the signs of how we started Benny I think it's going to be another one of our sort of more looser conversations jumping around a little bit and just talking yeah, about yeah. the characters and so on but before we get into that uh, I want to sort of let people know who are listening who may not be aware that the the structure of this episode with regards to the bombing of the school facilities the college facilities and so on is actually based on real life events now in the August of 1970, there was a place called Stirling Hall that was bombed by by students. It was an army mathematics research centre, uh, and it was common knowledge that what they were doing there was, you know, for 
causes that these students, these protesters didn't agree with, with regards to the Vietnam War. Uh, they were to bomb the Army Research Center, which was part of the um, physics lab and so on. But it did a lot more damage than anticipated and destroyed sections of the physics department and so on, killing a physics researcher who had no links to the army research department or the war at all. He was completely innocent in this, uh, and he sadly died in the explosion. Many others were injured as well. Now, there were four people involved who were basically found guilty of this this bombing and in this, this, this college, this university. It took seven years to capture three of them, because they all went on the run, basically. They all just scarpered. And it took seven years to round up, uh, not all at once, but within seven years, three of them were caught. And the fourth one was never caught. That, that individual lived on the run, effectively, for the rest of their life. But they'd be well into their 70s, potentially even 80s now, if they're still alive. So uh, th- there you go. But it's, it's very much this story is based upon real-life happenings, effectively, from August of 1970. Yeah, until we start, until we obviously I look up the episode and stuff, any, like, uh, trivia or quotes or goofs or anything like that to see you know sometimes i miss them sometimes i see them but i didn't i didn't know till reading this and what what you just said i didn't know that it was based on a true story um so it, yeah i mean four people involved obviously but um no matter what you're protesting i understand your frustration but as soon as you start using violence to get your way i'm not interested in your argument anymore because you, if you're going to start destroying property or killing people for your cause then i'm not interested in your cause because mm. it's um that's not the way to do it um yeah that's a different podcast in itself but you know no, but you're spot on you're spot on and that's kind of the argument that runs through this episode mm. i feel because elizabeth is kind of desperate to do something but it almost feels like she's not 100 percent sure on what duck is very much the one who is talking about taking up arms themselves to fight their cause he literally says this in in one of his uh, his meetings doesn't he that he's leading one of his one of his public speaking efforts to, to the other protesters in a little hall they have later on and sam is there saying protesting is great you've got the right idea but using violence yourself to put your point forward is completely the wrong way of going about it almost two wrongs don't make a right i guess benny yes yeah yeah 100 percent um obviously very lot of examples through our lifetime unfortunately have been done with this so yeah it's it's quite again it's something that's set in the in the 60s yeah based on a real event that happened in the 70s but if you don't learn from your history we take talk about a lot on the show but if you don't learn from it you know, if you can't move forward, you're not gonna get. We're not gonna get better, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, using violence to meeting violence with violence is not gonna get you anywhere. To be honest, mm-hmm. if anything, people won't listen to you because if you then hurt somebody innocent, which in the seventies a story you you know, which is this is based on, nobody's gonna listen to you, are they? They're not. It doesn't matter. You know, and you know, you understand your cause, but you killing somebody does not <laughs> help your cause. Or, you know, but um, I like the way Sam sort of uh, verbalizes it and, you know, you publish, you know, using, I know it's a cheesy line, but the pen is mightier than the sword and all that, but publicity brings people up, bring, obviously you're thinking, what now, 60s in this, there's no internet, there's no social media, there's no internet, there's no instant access to information. So publicity, handing out flyers, TV, radio, whatever you can do to bring people to the awareness, obviously in this case, Vietnam War, would have, uh, which I think in the end did play a part in terms of, um, you know, by showing people what was going on um, in that country and very similar to what's going on in real life in uh, in, in Ukraine. So um, making sure people know about it and hopefully they can help. Yes. Yeah. I mean, with that conversation that uh, Sam and Elizabeth have with kind of duck hovering around as well is really interesting, especially when Sam does, you, you, you said it yourself there, he runs through options, doesn't he? And yes. then when he says television, Elizabeth's reaction is fantastic because just the idea of using this new magical mystery box in the corner of the room <laughs> yeah. to get their point across seemed completely alien to her. She was like, what television? Are you mad? Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's, you're right though, because that did play a big part in 
opening people's eyes to things that you know historically that were happening and even you know it's it's gone on for generations and generations since, since the television has been well any form of media regards newspapers and and uh, radio before before television but yeah i thought that was really well done as well because sam is completely right of course and and duck is still a twat and elizabeth is almost at times it almost feels like she's kind of stuck in the middle because she doesn't quite know whose side to take yeah it's almost like she's got this loyalty to duck because but literally it comes across like she there's a loyalty there purely because he has had the same common cause for longer it feels and obviously newt or sam is this guy who's only shown an interest in in her cause in the last day or so but at the same time he is talking a lot more sense than the person she has known for the longer period of time so i yeah. imagine she feels quite torn potentially done uh, benny i like the way they, i think so yeah you can see it happening and um because she's only had this one guy basically leading this little group of protesters and he's the leader. So anything he says and they just take, drink it in like, um, like when he talks, they're just like, yeah, yeah, he, he's talking, it makes sense. It makes sense. But you're only getting one view of the argument. Whereas when Sam comes in, he's now going, well, actually you could do X, Y, and Z, uh, you know, TV and stuff like that, which you already mentioned. So, I don't know whether she's easily led or whether it's just a case of this is the only voice she's heard on the subject because everybody else around her probably okay doesn't really not give a crap but doesn't get involved with it. So for him to be like the leader of this little group and she feels passionate about the war, she's drinking in everything this guy's saying. Um, but it hasn't really. But of course, the way Duck is, every time you probably challenge, you say, if he said like, I like drinking water and I say, well, I, I like putting a bit of um, squash in it to give it some flavor. Well, you're wrong because water's better. You know, mm. uh, if he's, if she's only had that one exposure to this guy, who's only given one opinion and he's very opinionated. And as soon as somebody disagrees with him cuts, you know, he shuts them down. So she may have been, I don't know, but uh, that's, you know, but when Sam comes in, like I said, he's uh, very much got a different point of view. And as he alludes to, because uh, Duck is accusing him of not caring. And then even then after that, he still throws in a fucking horrible line after. But Sam obviously says, don't tell me I don't care. I lost a brother in Vietnam, which is now we're talking not Newt, we're talking Sam. Um, yes. Top. But even when he's walking away, even, even though Duck does look shocked, he then goes, oh yeah, we shouldn't have let him go. You little prick. <laughs> mm. Oh my God. Do you know what? I've got the exact, in brackets, next to my, that line, in my notes, I've got, what a little prick. Yeah. Written exactly the same he as you. still had to have the last word, even though he put his foot in his mouth. Now, he's not going to know that Sam slash Newt has a brother who died in Vietnam. You can't, you, when you make comments, you don't know these people. But instead of apologizing or leaving it there, he still had to throw in, well, you should have stopped him from going. That's not how it worked. People mm. got drafted. It's not how that worked during Vietnam. And yeah, what a little prick. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Basically. I really think you're onto something as well with regards to uh, Duck being maybe the only voice she has heard. That didn't enter my mind until you just said it, but I really think you're onto something there. Because, again, we, we talk about echo chambers and so on, don't we, and just talking to the same people who repeat the same things. That yeah. very much feels like the protest group that they've got. It is like a little echo chamber. And yeah. th there is no new ideas coming in. So I think you're really onto something there. He just takes he just takes the lead, doesn't he? But like when Al's in that room listening to him and he starts explaining how some of these kids probably feel, because they all come from money. They don't have to go to they don't have to go to Vietnam. They get to go to and have a have an education. Um and like the way he explains Elizabeth is that yes, she I mean she does care about the war. Some of it is because she's from a rich family, a very rich family. And another part of it is because her parents don't really pay attention to her. They probably just throw money at her more than mm. likely. So there's all these things, reasons why Elizabeth would maybe be in there. And some of the other, uh, you know, kids in there that, you know, you want to rebel a little bit against the, the, the man or whatever, but all the way things are done because things change all the time. Um, but I like the fact they explained it rather than just having like a random, like, Oh yeah, she just plants bomb because she cares about the war. They have given you like a psychological breakdown of why, she may, yes, she does care about the war, I'm not disputing that, but the other things are also driving her forward of trying to be noticed or uh, feeling guilty about being well off and all these people over in Vietnam are being killed, innocent people. 
Um, so I like the way they explained it, to be honest. It was gave it a bit more depth, I think. Yeah. Yeah, good points. Good points. Um, so I want to bring up before we move on, because I could be completely wrong here. I just want to double check with your good self. The rest of the uh, frat house, the rest of his little group there, they effectively bet Sam that he can't get Elizabeth to go to the Luau, which is a big dance they're having on that Saturday night. This ends up being a good idea, because if Sam can get her to the Luau, it clashes with the time that apparently the bomb went off or the bomb was set, so it would prevent the the, the tragedy occurring in Sam and Al's mind. So it it all serves a double purpose. Now, we, we've seen various films and TV episodes and stories in the past where the you know the jock bet the, the jocks or the the in crowd the popular kids make a bet of each other that you can't take such and such nerdy person to this dance or you yeah. can't do yeah right. It felt to me like that was going to be a theme of this episode. He takes the yeah. bet. They bet ten dollars that Sam is going to take Elizabeth to the dance, but I don't think we hear of that again, do we? No, we don't. And actually, do you know what? It's a breath of fresh air because I was expecting it to be like, like, like everything's going well, everything's going well. Because I can't remember this episode that well, to be honest. It isn't one one of the ones that I revisit very at all, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Um, but um, yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't revisit because I actually thought the way it was going to go, that yes, it's going to go wow, 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 and just before the bomb needs to be set one of the lads say, oh, you brought her, here's the 10 bucks, I bet you. And I was expecting it to be something really crass like that, but it... Yeah. It, it didn't. And I'm glad it didn't, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's something that we see quite often, isn't it? And it's that thing of, oh, you know, it, it was done for the bet, but the the person who's participating in, in the wager ends up falling for this other person anyway. Yeah. And just when it seems yeah. like they're going to live happily ever after, the bet's exposed and it blows up in the air. And Yeah, we see it so many times. But it was... It felt odd to me that even the bet thing was thrown in there. I'd actually forgotten about it, actually. And I'll level with you. You text me. We've started this podcast a bit late today for, um, because of your timing or whatever. I They got away from me, mate. And it's a good job you postponed it because it gave me time to watch the episode. Okay. <laughs> <To be honest. laughs> um, but I'd actually... So I have... I've only... Like I say only just. I watched, you know, just for 10 minutes before we came on. I just not long finished watching it. So I'd actually forgot they made the bet, to be honest, until you started mentioning it. So, yeah, because it is easy to because it's literally it's at the beginning of the episode. It's in one yeah, of the one right. of the well, not not the first couple of scenes, but very early, isn't it? And then it's never mentioned again. Now I don't I, I agree with you. I'm glad it's never mentioned again because I, I I don't want to see that tired storyline recycled yeah, again here in Quantum Leap. So it was the whole like freaking pretty much in what late nineties into the early two thousands theme of any you know sort of like what was it she's all that ten things I hate about you and all that kind of stuff. Um, did the same sort of thing, I think. Uh, those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, but then it seemed really strange that that was done, and once it was done, that they never revisited it. Maybe they wrote this on the fly a little bit. Maybe they changed it and they didn't think it fit. <laughs> Maybe okay. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, no, that could. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Yeah, that's true. Okay, it just seemed an odd one to me. But yes, um, it, it, effectively, we end up with. Sam or, or Newt taking Elizabeth to the the Luau, but not before she kind of she has a bit of a funny moment with Duck again, doesn't she? She says she's going to go to Sam, and then goes up to Duck and tells Duck, "Oh, she's definitely not going." That seemed an odd one to me as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the initial thing, yeah, because he said, "Yeah, oh, she's almost like embarrassed that she wants to go, maybe, or okay, she cares about his point, his his what he thinks of her." So there's that part of it going on the whole, you know, I think she does care what Duck thinks about her because of the, she wants to seem like she's only about stopping the war, Mm. you know, which you can still do these things and have a worthy cause and protest and do what you need to do to get the word out, you know, legally. Um, But she definitely seemed to care what Duck thought for whatever reason. Now, I don't think it's because she has the thing for him or anything. I think it's just because of the group he runs with the, you know, the whole stopping the war and you know the system and all that kind of stuff so she okay to, like she's in the in with the what they consider the cool crowd i guess so but yeah why she cares what that guy thinks i have no idea but maybe it's I, I suppose it's it's being around your peers isn't it and stuff is is that kind of everyone wants to be accepted and this guy is somehow ended up i suppose in a way head of the table i guess for want of a better term 
So yeah. maybe, maybe that plays into it a bit. I mean, Duck actually makes that uh, the teacher that Sam leapt into in season one with all them girls like cooing over him. Make that guy look actually somewhat normal compared to this guy. <laughs> I actually think Duck's worse than the uh, teacher that he leapt into. Mm, I don't know about that. Only, only just. I'm not. It's only like a freaking hair, but it, <laughs> it, but you know, I out of the two, I'd want to punch Duck in the face. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, we get a few moments as well of of talking about Sam's past with Al and and how. Sam doesn't almost seem like he doesn't know how to have fun. He, when he was at college, he was 16, so he was too young to participate in all the frat house stuff. And, he, and, and a running theme for the early part of the episode is he kind of looks down his nose at these these shenanigans, these activities that the, the guys are getting involved in. Before Al kind of explains to him that you're here till nine o'clock tomorrow night anyway. Why not just try and enjoy yourself? Yeah. And we get the, well, the prank in the girls' dorm room, don't we, Benny? Do you want to talk us through that one? The, the the cherry bombs, yeah. Yes. Uh, again, <laughs> again, you know, they want to do. The other lads want to cheat off because um, Sam. They ask a question. They're like studying for an exam, and Sam knows the answer. It's like some sort of like chemistry question. I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. Um, they want to cheat off his paper, and Sam's like, "No, you need to learn." <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like, the, like the dad figure, even though he's in this like hulking, fucking, you know, late. Teen, uh, late teen, you know, early adult, adulthood, or whatever. Um, and then let's well, if we're not, we can't do that. Well, let's go do something stupid. And they end up going to the dorm room. They climb up a ladder through the window. Um, Sam actually helps, well, with, with Al's guidance, helps lengthen the the fuses to mm. throw in the toilet so they can get away. Um, of course, they. Um, I like the fact, by the way, also the the um, what they call the initiate is with them. And he said, "I'll oh, use the chewing gum, and you can extend the uh, the, the fuse." They're like, "Okay." And then the one fella just slaps the initiate in the in the back of the head as if to try and get the gum out of his head. And he's <laughs> yeah, just, like, that's not going to get out. Um, they, they of course they they bloody throw him down the bog, and they all leg it, and they start exploding before they're actually out of the building. And it's just causing damage to the toilets and stuff. Again, shouldn't be doing it, but you know it is what it is. Um, and then yet again, Sam's the last one onto the ladder. And who who sees him? Elizabeth, as he's on the ladder, and then the ladder falls backwards. Um, so again, he's almost endeared himself to Elizabeth, and then she sees him acting like this, and then she doesn't want to talk to him the next day, which leads into the the uh, the conversation about the uh, the dead brother and the Vietnam stuff, yes. which we spoke about previously. But um, yeah, Sam's trying to enjoy maybe, but Sam almost is a little bit like duck in a way not as bad he's not that condescending and actually maybe when he was younger he was i don't know but the sound we know is not as bad but he is very much judging all these frat guys for having fun and doing what they want to do and play football or whatever he's a little bit like duck in that sense um not in a sense of like condescending and but he's judging them because of what they like to do in their in their own time Mm. yeah yeah, totally true. Totally true. Um, because when he's in, he's walking in people's other in other people's lives. You think I know he gets his brain gets Swiss cheese a little bit every time he leaves, but you think he might be a little bit better about judging people <laughs> by this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair point. Um, this this has sort of piqued my interest a little bit with regards to the whole time travel and all that sort of stuff now, because the the, the laying of the bomb in the science department, we find at the luau at the party. It's already been done. It's been set on a timer. Yeah. So even though Elizabeth is now at the Luai with Newt, that part of things has already been done. So her being there hasn't prevented this. Now, the reason they go to the girls' dorm room is triggered by Sam not giving them answers to the test because they just go, oh, sod it, let's do something else, and off they go. Yeah. They go to the girls' dorm room, it's Al and Sam that come up with the idea of the, sticking the fuses together and lengthening the fuses so they explode. Otherwise, Al explains they'll drop them down the toilet and they'll be sopping wet and they won't work properly. Yeah. So that at the luai, Elizabeth explains that what the, the, the stunt that they pulled in the girls' dorm room, the news of that spread like wildfire across the whole campus. So she's agreeing with Sam now that exposure and, and getting the word out there is the way to go so that's why they're going to bomb the laboratory to get 
the exposure on that, and it's inspired by the the cherry bomb in the toilet incident. Now, they even she even says we would never have thought of it if it wasn't for what you, you the prank you pulled. Now, does that not make this a little bit of a really sort of weird, timey, wimey, wibbly wobbly <laughs> paradox? Because well, this is not your Doctor Who podcast. You cannot use the timey wimey comment. All right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I apologise. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Does it not make it maybe some kind of Swiss cheese paradox type <laughs> effort here? That's a little bit better. I'll let because, you because <laughs> because they wouldn't be doing the prank if Sam hadn't said no to the you know stopping them in the room when they yeah. were doing their revision um, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have extended the fuses they wouldn't have done any of this to inspire the bombing in the first place if sam wasn't there something i picked up on was uh, you say i picked up on the same thing basically because by here it's like cause and effect so him being there and being acting differently has changed it but yet still caused this bomb to be planted mm. um because if you remember the person that gets killed. So maybe in the original history, because I'm not saying Newt's thick, but he's not very sciencey, is he? That's the whole point of him. And it's, um, he's in art or whatever, so he can play football. Um, but, um, so maybe the original history, they send the initiate to get the, um, the paper, which they do do in the episode, but because he's there earlier and, you know, um, because Sam says no to them, it's, it's just, I think it shifted it around a little bit. But ultimately, it still leads, apart from having the lad in the science block trying to find the paper so they can cheat on the test, basically. Um, so, But instead of Sam, maybe Newt's character coming up with, let's rob the paper, one of the other lads comes up with it and sends the initiate again, but is out earlier because they come up with it maybe a tad earlier because Sam's not around. I don't, it's weird. You start going down a rabbit hole now, and it's just going to be... <laughs> <clears throat> but I understand yeah. what you mean, because um, by, by them doing that, it's gave the idea to Elizabeth. So, but was it Elizabeth had the idea? But maybe it was then in this case. I don't, but because that, I, I would be under the impression that in original history, the duck probably would have said this because he's the one mentioning it in the, um, in that little talk they had earlier in the episode. So, I'm, mm. I, it's, it's weird. So, ironically, Sam being there has caused the same thing again. So, something's, it's almost like whoever's leaping him around, it's still going to kind of happen, but you have to stop it in the final seconds <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know. For um, TV reasons. For TV reasons, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> At the episode, really. Just when you think the, la- the old lady's not going to get hit by the train, she starts driving the car to go and find, yeah. you know, Jesse in The Colour of Truth. So, you know, like yeah. you said, entertainment. One thing I did really enjoy about this episode, however, and it's, it's only a small little thing, but I think it's... I, mean, I love when TV shows do this, is earlier in the episode, one of uh, Newt's frat brothers is making a phone call and it's a prank phone call to the campus security to tell them there's a bomb in the science lab yeah and it's like the third time they rang in a hoax that that week you know and then sam cross about this slams the phone down breaking the phone so (laughs) when we get to the night of we're effectively there now aren't we as we as we discuss the episode when we get but just sorry go on so before you go on to the next bit, when he slams the phone onto that guy and it lands on his foot, I don't know if you picked up on it, but I laughed my ass off at it and actually rewound it because when the guy's falling to the floor, you just hear him going, pain, much pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, I did I'll laugh. tell you what, there are low-key stars in this episode, mind. Those three guys that hang around with Newt. Just the comedy factor. When they're sneaking around the girls' dorm and they're doing over-the-top, almost almost cartoon style tiptoe motions i'm yeah, crying yeah. with laughter They're, they are yeah. so funny well the guy who plays the like the long sort of blonde haired one um mm-hmm. not the big not the tall one not the smaller one um the sort of blonde haired looking one i thought i recognized him for something else uh but it actually turned i was wrong but it's he's actually um so his name is uh, uh rafael savage savage i think that's how you pronounce it um and he's been in stuff like once upon a time which i have seen one season of that uh, he's in CSI Vegas um, and all that kind of. He's been. I'll get that. Get that. Look. Get that ready, mate. Law and Order. Hey. <laughs> um, in fact, the uh, woman who plays uh, Stacey Edwards, who plays um, Elizabeth, was also in Law and Order. So there's a second sound effect there for you. Um, oh, so yeah, but yeah, they they've all gone and done pretty well elsewhere. Um, Darren Dalton, who plays Duck, I couldn't really find much that I'm aware of. Um, part of the, his IMDb listings of what they, what he has done ends in 2012, so I don't really know without looking into it a bit more what he's 
what he's done since or um, if he's even still going, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, effectively, now we, we're coming to sort of the conclusion of the episode, aren't we? The, the 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 big moment at the end. We hear that Scooter has gone to the chemistry lab, the young lad who is pledging to join the fraternity. And Al explains that Scooter is the, the kid who dies. He's gone to steal the test, as, as, as Benny mentioned, the, yeah. the test answers. So they try and make the phone call to the campus security, but the phone is broken and there's the little throwback. I really enjoyed. I thought that was great. So yeah. he has to use a different phone and they laugh because they think it's a hoax. So Sam and Elizabeth run to the lab literally by seconds missing scooter return to the party. Yes. Yeah. Cause he hasn't actually gone at all or he can't get in or whatever the problem is. Yeah. So then there's, there's a bit of a swerve because Al's now shouting, no, 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 come back. It's now Elizabeth and Newt who apparently are going to die in the explosion. Do you think the reason that happened is because maybe in the original history there, they would treat him a bit more worse than what they have done, whereas Sam was treating um, him, the initiate, a bit nicer and not being as mean to him. So when he went to the science lab, he couldn't get in. He tried the door maybe twice, went, nah, I can't get in. So I'll just tell him I can't get in. So he's not as worried about being like kicked out or whatever, maybe. Whereas in ah, you, yeah, again, Benny, you might be onto something there because there are a few occasions where he's got these ridiculous tasks to to do, and Sam lets him off the hook. Whereas the the ordinary wild thing obviously wouldn't do that. Looking at Scooter's reaction, the surprise to to him being let off the hook of some of these things, it's obvious that that wouldn't normally occur. So yeah, maybe maybe that's right. Yeah, yeah I'm just wondering if him being a bit nice to him just change his outlook on it maybe a little bit but we don't because we don't really have much. we are his scooters running around dogs you know <laughs> and all that mm. going on with him with his pants on the outside of his trousers yeah, and all that sort of stuff and that hot dog on the hat which is quite funny to be totally honest but yeah um <laughs> but yeah i just thought maybe sam being a bit nicer to him maybe it changed the uh sort of way he because he even was it but i think by that point he wasn't even wearing the hot dog hat anymore was he, he was wearing like normal clothes and mm. Like almost like he's ready for the luau in the party type thing. So, yeah, yeah. Again, time travel and uh, the repercussions of changing certain things or certain behaviours. I find that fascinating. Earlier, <laughs> timey wimey, as you said earlier. There we go. Uh, basically, we then have Newt and Elizabeth in the lab. They find the bomb, and they need to cut all the wires. But Duck is there watching them. Um, they do manage to cut the wires, however, and it's quite a complex scenario where they got to cut certain wires in a certain order. And it's quite a tense moment, to be fair, especially when Sam can't quite get his, an- his hand at the right angle to cut the final cut wire yeah, in the yeah. locker. Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite tense, isn't it, Benny? Yeah, it's quite. It's done quite well, to be honest. And you think, oh, that was not easy, but you think, oh. And then I was like, yeah, you've, you had three minutes, 22 seconds, 21, 20, and why is it still counting down? <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then then we get the big reveal that there's a second bomb because duck didn't trust elizabeth so he went and put one there himself because he thought this might happen we then get the inevitable fist fight between newt and duck as sam as newt is trying to find where the second bomb is he's yelling that someone's going to die now again in theory that could now be not the case because scooter's not in the building Sam and Elizabeth could run and get out now. Um, Duck is obviously going to get out because he knows the crack, he knows the bomb's in there. So that bomb could, in theory, now go off and nobody die, I think, Benny? But then the fact that if the bomb did go off in the school and caused proper damage, yes, nobody could. They could have all escaped. I know exactly where you're going with it. They could have all escaped out of it, but... There is, I guarantee you, Duck would have blamed Elizabeth for the bomb because she knew about it. Her fingerprints oh, yeah. would be on it as well, so her life would still be ruined. So by letting, by not getting this bomb to go off, or however, you know they get they get it sorted, it saves Elizabeth from a life on the run, basically. Because mm. Duck would sell her down the fucking river within seconds. Yeah, whilst posing in his beret and bead necklace, the pompous turd. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> pompous turd is a good one. Uh, as they're fighting, the rest of the lads arrive, and they're loving this. They're like, go on, go on, get him, and all this sort of stuff. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, eventually... No the enormity, though, do they? Because nobody's telling them anything. They're just seeing a fight between two guys. Go on, Newt. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I just thought that was... I, I don't know why it tickled me so much. It just made me laugh. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was good. The duck eventually gives up the location of the second bomb, and it's 
pretty much right in front of them. It's not hidden. Whereabouts is it? I don't remember. <laughs> it's on the. It's on this tank next to where the other guys are stood. Oh yes, of course, it's on the uh, oxygen tank. Because yeah, by doing that, that would cause the explosion to be bigger. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> it's like it's it's right there. I mean, obviously, if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't know. You would assume. But, I would assume if somebody's hiding a bomb, you they would hide it under a table or in a cupboard. I yeah. wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't necessarily thought of the oxygen tank, even though it does make make sense. <laughs> you mm. know. So. Yeah, so there's not enough time now to, to get this bomb defused. We're literally down to like single digits for a countdown now, aren't we? There's nothing they can do. So there's a great throwback here to the beginning of the episode when they're launching the water balloons at the guy on the lawnmower and the protesters, as Benny explained earlier on in our show. Uh, the, the shite of prepare torpedoes comes out. They restructure their um, catapult, their homemade catapult that they used to shoot from the science block window fire the bomb into the sky it goes off and looks like quite a pretty little firework display at one moment i love the fact that everybody ducks apart from gunner and he just stood there looking at going yeah that's cool (laughs) 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 he's a bit underrated but uh in the episode but uh in that moment you just like that's his character all over he just stands out everybody else ducks down because they're scared of getting hit or i don't know but um he just stood there looking at going whoa cool (laughs) you know yeah it's quite funny to be it reminds me of the guy in um if you've ever seen um, Black Hawk Down. No, I've not seen that. There's a guy, everyone else is ducking while there's gunfire, and a guy from, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but Saving Private Ryan, he's in with that. He's like the second in command with uh, Tom Hanks. And everybody else is ducking. He just walks around like there's nothing going on. It's hilarious right. to see. So he does kind of remind me of that, really. So Okay, fair enough. I'll have to check that out. Uh, um, in theory, then, that's, in theory, the end of the episode. Sam talks Elizabeth through some of her issues with her parents back at the party. We learn that Elizabeth is then going to go back to her parents and actually becomes a major player against the war, which is nice to hear. I like it when we get yeah, yeah. a bit of a bit of a story as to what happens after Sam leaves, Benny. I think that makes a, a bit difference. of closure because sometimes we don't get it at all mm. to our own sort of imagination of like what happened after the fact, you know? Yes, but Sam's work is not done. It turns out all of this is in. It comes across a little bit like it was almost like a side story. Yeah, but we have we've heard nothing of this until this very moment, though, have we? Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, like everything with the bomb and, and Elizabeth and all that almost comes across like maybe it's a bit of a side story, because we're then told Sam has to actually save Newt himself. Yeah, because they're doing a luau and he has to dress up as a. I don't know. Some is it some? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's dressed up as. The I don't. God of the Luau or uh, something yeah, like some, this, uh, isn't he? Yeah. They've got like a swimming pool below him, and he's got like a bit of a plank. And I would say it's what maybe two, three feet at the most. Yeah, uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. And so Al says you got to do this, and you've got to jump off. But in the original history, he jumped off and um, broke his neck and ended up basically in a you know he crippled basically. Uh-huh. And, from three feet, and in Al's like, yeah, but you can drown in like a teaspoon of water and stuff. He goes, what, he drowns? He goes, no, 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 he broke his neck. Oh. But how, though, from here? And they can't figure out how. And he does all this chanting and whatever and waving the flames. And it's quite funny, to be honest, in that moment. Then he goes to jump but can't quite get there. And then they hire him up to about, what, 15 feet, so? Yeah, he's on like a sort of a almost post. like a homemade crane, isn't he, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> And he gets took up to a much higher level and has to jump. Now, I'm guessing Newt, in a drunken state, is going to dive into the pool head first. That's how he breaks his neck and so on. It's like a, a paddling pool kind of thing on the floor. Yeah. But Sam leaps and goes in basically kind of chest first, I suppose. Sam's Does... not really been drinking either, so that probably would explain why. Yeah. Like, so that's, a good, that's a good, I didn't think of that. So Newt would have maybe been a bit more hammered and just maybe slipped off. Mm. Call, oh, just the thought of it made me cringe to be honest i'm not gonna lie yeah not not nice uh sam's under the water for a few seconds which is quite interesting because everyone kind of waits with bated breath to see what's going to happen he pops up and then everyone's chanting tkb is the life for me and sam leaps yeah and that's kind of the end of the show then isn't it it's yeah it's, it's not but i actually you know like i said it's not one i go back to very often but i you know i did quite enjoy it and also little thing there quickly is obviously all this got thrown on the end of this maybe it was it written on the fly i have no idea probably not but if it feels like it in blazes but um we're told that he's there to save you know elizabeth 
but really, and the person who died in the original bombing. So he saved Scooter, Elizabeth, and Wild Thing. Yeah. One episode. So he saved three people there. Not bad for these work, is it? Not really, no. <laughs> Did he really have as much fun as he should have, though? Probably not, to be honest. He could, not, a, he could have had a bit more fun. To he be could fun. have had. He could have had. Uh, Sam then leaps into... <clears throat> Well, he, he's wearing women's clothes again, and there's children <laughs> arguing, and the line is, I'm a mummy, before the episode closes. So that's what we've got to look forward to next time here on The Waiting Room. Uh, Benny, before we depart, I suppose we better give this our usual rating out of five and so on. Where do you stand on this episode here? Uh, like I said, it's not one I... Yeah, I've rarely gone back to it. It's probably the better way of saying it, to be honest. I've rarely gone back to it. Um, but you know what? I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. It had some good comedic moments, even though it did feel like it was rushed a little bit or even like just bodged together in places, like randomly. But it's a nice little... Instead of just ending the episode with happily ever after, now you've got to save somebody else's life before you leave. So I'm giving it more of a positive. But yeah, I could be negative about a few more things. There's some goofs in there as well. But um, overall, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a four, mate. To be honest, I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, four is what I've got. I thought this was a really good episode. I thought you had the political aspect in there. You had what could have gone down the road of being quite a more uh, intense love interest that didn't go too far down that road, which I'm quite a fan of. You had a good villain in Duck because he's a prick. And then you, you know, you had you had the touches with real history and the fact that it was based upon a true story, or or at least based loosely upon things that actually happened in real life. I, I really enjoyed it, mate. You had, you had the the throwbacks of the phone being broken and so on. Um, yeah, a couple of swerves at the end with regards to who's going to get killed in the bomb, and that, yeah, and it made me laugh as well. So yeah, a, a thoroughly enjoyable episode, bud. Thoroughly it, it, enjoyable. An entertaining episode, actually. To be honest, it was mm. good, really good. I mean, there is a goof in there where Sam. Uh, not Sam, sorry, Al does bump into Scooter's shoulder and technically he would pass through him. But yeah. it's very minimal. And to be honest, somebody mentioned it just to give it a bit. So it did why I didn't get a five, really. I suppose it's, my, it's not that much of a gripe, to be honest. It's just um, I like the at the beginning. My favorite, one of my favorite moments, I think two favorite moments is the lad puking on Al, uh, Sam at the beginning, which was hilarious. You have to see it. It's hard to it sounds gross, but it's, it is. But it's not. You don't see the puke. No, and Sam's not, reaction's brilliant. Yeah, because the guy starts talking to Wild Thing, and he's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Excuse me. And he walks away. <laughs> what he was saying. And the water balloon hitting the poor groundskeeper on the head did make me laugh, to be honest. So, and there were some good sort of like moments in it where it just overall, really, it was a good, uh, good episode, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. It is. It is. It's a good. It's well worth checking out. Uh, next week, then Benny. Another mother is the title of the episode, and it's it's from the year I was born. Sam leaps into nineteen eighty one. Do you have any memories of this episode? This is. Um, I believe this is a pretty good one. To be honest, it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, one thing I did take from the um, the uh, like the little teaser at the end is obviously we are, we are nowhere near it yet, but the girl that plays the older daughter, we see her again later on in a in an episode. One of my favorites. Okay. So I think it's next season, I think. Um, but um, And I, I, I remember loving the interactions between the youngest daughter and Al, which we'll explain more when we do the episode. But I remember loving the interactions between Sam, the little girl, and Al, like just because of the way... It, it works in the episode, if that makes mm. sense, which will make sense when we talk about it. But um, yeah, I have good memories of it. I don't remember everything that happened, but I remember it being pretty good. So I'm hoping it has stood up. <laughs> to the, uh... I have fond memories of this episode. So I'm in the same boat as you. I hope it's still as good as I remember it being. Um, one thing that I will say then maybe we'll jog your memory a little bit, but we won't elaborate on it right now. We'll talk about it when we come to record the episode reviewing the show. Uh, nonce van. Oh, oh God. Oh yeah. So does it, yeah, this one has quite a dark twist, doesn't it? Actually, It does. Yeah. The nonce van, Crikey, yeah. but we will get into that next time oh, here God. on the waiting room. Uh, 
Benny, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self and all the fantastic content you're involved in, please? Uh, well, I do In The Corner. Um, so at In The Corner WWE on Twitter. It's a wrestling podcast. We look at WWE shows and, you know, week to week to week. We are. I'm genuinely worried about the WWE at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, so whether this podcast continues after the fact, I have no idea. We might have to restructure Si and come up with some new ideas for me. Um, okay. But at In The Corner WWE at the moment and myself personally at Benny Mac, B-E-N-N-Y-M-A-C-K on Twitter. Um, and I'm doing some, I'm working on something at the moment in the background. I'm just trying to get it, uh, get it sorted. Um, I've got a couple of boards in the air at the moment, sorry to be honest, in terms of podcasting and making stuff. So it's just trying to focus and get them done. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. so, um, as with your good self, obviously with, and I'm on SJP Raw Media, that's where you can find all the podcasts, whether it's mine, size, um, you got loads of shows, the Doctor Who pod, I'm sure so I can tell you better than I can, but there's so much content on the SJP Raw Media alone. Chain Wrestling is back as well, I believe, as well. It uh, is. The other night. Um, always a good show with you and Mags, to be fair. So, um, oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I'm um, enjoying what I'm doing at the moment, but I am a bit worried about the whole in the corner stuff, which we'll talk about off air, mate. <laughs> to be honest yes, with no problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mainly follow me at Benny Mac, B Triple M Y M A C K on Twitter. Yes, there we go. And you can follow anything I'm involved in via the network that carries this show. That's at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter. There is a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Try and get involved in both there. And that's just how you find the easiest way of finding links to the shows via social media. And those shows include Nitro Nights, looking at old WCW, uh, Chain Wrestling, as Benny mentioned. We have the Doctor Who pod. We have uh, the Murder in Mind podcast, looking at an old BBC murder drama there. There's so much going on that it's difficult to keep track of, to be honest. There's so much going on, it's difficult for me to talk about it all. It's worth just diving on into the social medias, checking it all out. Each show has its own individual feed as well. So if you're into uh, time travel stuff, like the waiting room here, you can check out the Doctor Who pod without having to go through tons of wrestling podcasts if wrestling's not your bag. Or it could be vice versa. You could be wanting to listen to the wrestling, but avoid the Doctor Who stuff or avoid the Murder and Mind stuff, whichever way it may well be. There's the main feed where all the shows appear, and then there's the separate feeds if you want to dive into back catalogues of each ep- uh, separate show. Uh, that is at SJP World Media. So make sure you're chucking that a follow a like a subscribe on all your podcast playing platforms and you can also follow this show on twitter at waiting room pod underscore at waiting room pod underscore benny i bloody love being back doing this with you i can't wait to do another see you soon mate and to everyone else as always thank you for listening